What if we treated everyone with Down syndrome like the masterpieces they are? The Love Times 2 podcast starts now. Welcome to 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome to the Love Times 2 podcast. This is a very special episode because we're going to be talking about Down Syndrome Awareness Month, which is now observed every October. And you know, for such a long time, uh, something like Down Syndrome Awareness Month was simply unthinkable because of the stigma associated with Down Syndrome. But thankfully, uh, there's a brand new wave of acceptance and understanding of how every person with Down Syndrome enriches who we are as people made in the image of God. So it's it's a great thing. Uh, but before we dive in on this episode, uh, I just want to say that uh, I'm very thankful for some recent gifts that we've received for Love Times 2. And in many ways, you know, we're still in our infancy as we explore where we're heading, um, what God's called us to do, how we're going to have a, a huge impact. And so as we're going through this process and as we're growing, uh, every single gift matters, whether it's $1 or $100, uh, it all matters to us. And I just want you to know uh, that I'm deeply appreciative. I know all of our leadership team is. And uh, if you would like to uh, help support what we're doing here, if you like what uh, is going on, um, I just really would appreciate it if you'd consider that, especially as we approach year end. Uh, you know, we're on this mission uh, to make the world a better place for moms and babies. And I can promise you that your support is going to help us get there. So it's needed. It's very much appreciated. And if you can help us, uh, hey, we, we would love uh, to partner with you on that. So uh, also that if you're brand new to the podcast, I want to welcome you and encourage you to go back through our past episodes and get all caught up with the good stuff that we've put out there so far. I especially encourage you to listen to our episode titled A Call for Civility. I think that was probably, um, I should have looked at this, but I think it's like one or two episodes prior to this one that you're listening to. And uh, I encourage you to listen to that one because it's a message that is just so desperately needed right now. I mean, a call for civility is something that uh, leaders need to be doing. And I talk about that, and I think you'll enjoy that. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you're going to find it very thought-provoking. But even more than that, I hope that it stirs you to action. Thought-provoking is one thing, but unless it stirs you to action, you know, it doesn't have that big of an impact. So I hope it does stir you to action in being the difference maker in your part of the world. And we kind of walk through some of the steps on that podcast. So go back, listen to all the episodes, but especially a call for civility. Um, well, here we are. It's October, and that means that it is Down Syndrome Awareness Month. Now, a little bit about the history of Down Syndrome Awareness Month. This was started by the National Down Syndrome Society uh, back sometime in the 1980s. And I did a little bit research online uh, before doing this podcast, and I found that there were, you know, there was one threefold description. I don't recall which website it was on. I just have it down here on my notes here. But there was a threefold description that I think really defines the importance of Down Syndrome Awareness Month broken down into um, into these three sections. Number one, Down Syndrome Awareness Month teaches us about people with Down Syndrome. I mean, it serves as a reminder that we should celebrate people with Down Syndrome and make people aware of their abilities and accomplishments. Uh, so number two, 
It's inspirational. Down Syndrome Awareness Month helps us celebrate abilities, you know, rather than disabilities, as various Down Syndrome associations in the United States uh, teach us uh, to learn more about uh, people with Down Syndrome. And number three, it's just encouraging. Uh, Down Syndrome Awareness Month can definitely help foster inclusion, a better understanding, and more opportunities for people with Down Syndrome. So there you have it. I mean, there's the threefold uh, importance of Down Syndrome Awareness Month. Now, um, you know, for some of you, especially if you're younger listening to this podcast, uh, younger being a relative term, I guess, but uh, you may think that stuff like inclusion and understanding and respect for persons with Down syndrome has just always been the case. I mean, inclusion is just something that is just part of, of your world. And uh, you may just kind of be wondering, uh, has that ever been an issue? Tragically, it has been an issue. And uh, inclusion, understanding, respect for persons with Down syndrome has not always been the case. In fact, for most of history, it has not been the case. Uh, And in ancient times, uh, infants with Down syndrome were often killed or abandoned. I mean, just abandoned and left to die. And, And even in modern times, even in countries today, many people with Down syndrome are institutionalized, ridiculed, marginalized, bullied. I mean, this is all uh, stuff that unfortunately is still part uh, of our world vocabulary uh, when it comes to persons with Down syndrome. Um, now, a, a little bit of the background with Down syndrome, in case you're not really very familiar with it. Uh, in 1866, a British physician, John Langdon Down, okay, last name Down, uh, he's the guy for whom the syndrome uh, is now you know, named, uh, he first described Down syndrome as Mongolism. And, of course, that term right now just causes us to recoil a little bit because we think of some of the um, the ways spinning off of that term that people with Down syndrome uh, were described. But uh, that was his original description of this. And, in fact, the uh, the term Down syndrome really didn't become the accepted term in the um, in the medical community and society as as a whole until sometime in the 1970s. Um, More was learned about the condition of Down syndrome in 1959 when French pediatrician and geneticist Professor Jerome Lejeune discovered that individuals with Down syndrome have an extra chromosome. And shortly thereafter, uh, chromosome studies were developed to confirm the diagnosis of Down syndrome. Now, uh, here's how the Mayo Clinic describes Down syndrome. Quote, Down syndrome is a genetic disorder caused when abnormal cell division results in an extra full or partial copy of chromosome 21. This extra genetic material causes the developmental changes and physical features of Down syndrome. Down syndrome varies in severity among individuals causing lifelong intellectual disability and developmental delays. It's the most common genetic chromosomal disorder and cause of learning disabilities in children. It also commonly causes other medical abnormalities, including heart and gastrointestinal disorders. Better understanding of Down syndrome and early interventions can greatly increase the quality of life for children and adults with this disorder and help them live fulfilling lives. Okay, that's the end of the quote from the Mayo Clinic. Now, let's jump to the uh, CDC. Here's what they say. Their quote is this, quote, Down syndrome continues to be the most common chromosomal disorder. Each year, about 6,000 babies are born with Down syndrome, which is about 1,700 babies born, end quote. Now, this rate appears to cut across all racial and national origin boundaries. As hard as it is to imagine, according to the National Association for Down Syndrome, 
during the first half of the 20th century in the United States. Okay, we're not talking about some, you know, uh, third world country someplace. We're talking about first half of the century in the United States. Okay, this this may shock you. The majority of children with Down syndrome were placed in institutions shortly after birth. The majority of children with Down syndrome in the United States born in the first half of the 20th century, shortly after birth, were stuck in institutions. Here's a quote about that from NADS. Quote, This resulted in great human sacrifice for those individuals and for their families who were convinced often by members of the medical community. Now, I'm just adding emphasis to that. Just stopping my reading of their quote right here. I'm just going to add emphasis to that. I really want you to take that phrase and just uh, park on it a little bit in your thinking of this. These family members and individuals who were convinced often by members of the medical community. Okay? Just kind of tuck that away. Now I'm going to continue the quote, that the child was less than human and that their needs would be so great that their families would not be able to raise them. These children were, quote, warehoused in large state institutions, often in deplorable conditions, locked away so that the rest of society could not see the horror of their lives. I mean, that's the end of the quote from NADS. Can you imagine that? Let me just back up on that again. These children were warehoused in these large state institutions, in deplorable conditions, just locked away so society could not see the horror, as it's described, of their lives. I mean, um, to us talking about this in 2018, that's just mind-blowing. But this is reality. I mean, this is why Down Syndrome Awareness Month is such a huge advance, and and what's going on with this is is such an important thing. But to think of these kids just being uh, stuck in institutions shortly after birth to be warehoused in deplorable conditions, um, you know, that should break every one of our hearts to think about the history of this. The Down Syndrome Awareness Month, it's a clear indication that societal respect for persons with Down syndrome has evolved greatly. But you know what? It's just tragic that at the very same time that we're seeing this evolving, um, the testing of the children in the womb to identify Down syndrome is evolving as well. And in fact, it's having a devastating toll on persons with Down syndrome before they're born. And as CBS News reported this last year, you may remember this, uh, it made a lot of headline news. Um, CBS reported that in Iceland, they've nearly eliminated children being born with Down syndrome, uh, not because they've, uh, they don't have Down syndrome anymore, but because they're identifying kids in the womb with Down syndrome and then aborting them before they ever have a chance to be born. Here's what CVS had to say in the report, quote, with the rise of prenatal screening tests across Europe and the United States, the number of babies born with Down syndrome has significantly decreased, but few countries have come so close to eradicating Down syndrome births as Iceland. Since prenatal screening tests were introduced in Iceland in the early 2000s, the vast majority of women, close to 100%, who received a positive test for Down syndrome, terminated their pregnancy. That's the end of that quote. Can you imagine that? I mean, doesn't that sound uh, barbaric and totally inconsistent? with our respect and inclusion of persons with Down syndrome, and yet here we are. We're not just talking about our Iceland. Uh, We're also talking about um, other nations as well. Denmark follows closely behind, and and Denmark actually predicts that it will be a Down syndrome-free nation sometime in the next 10 years. 
And meanwhile, lest we think that, hey, this is just about Iceland, Denmark, and a handful of other countries, um, for those of you listening in the United States, hate to bring this up, but 90% of babies diagnosed with Down syndrome in the womb in the United States are aborted. And among the many reason, uh, reasons that these statistics that I've just shared with you are so tragic is that um, some of the babies diagnosed in utero with Down syndrome uh, are born uh, without even having Down syndrome. They're just showing a potential on a test, and then these babies are aborted. Uh, not that the, uh, the accuracy of the test should mean that the, the kids with Down syndrome are, should be aborted, but my point in saying this is that um, parents are making abortion decisions even on a potential of a baby having Down syndrome. And at the same time, uh, there are doctors who are pressuring parents into making abortion decisions because they're terrified of these wrongful birth lawsuits uh, that other parents have fought when a baby's born uh, with Down syndrome. And then they'll claim, hey, we weren't told about it or we would have aborted this baby. And so doctors are terrified of getting sued. And so you have all these pressures that are coming into play with this. But uh, don't overlook this fact that in the United States, 90% of babies diagnosed in the womb with Down syndrome, at least potentially with Down syndrome, are aborted. And that's just a staggering statistic. So before we throw rocks at Iceland and say, uh, how could a civilized nation um, eliminate every single child born with Down syndrome? Let's step back and realize that uh, we're really close to that mark right here in the United States right now. And, you know, in my years, uh, I've talked to quite a few parents of kids with Down syndrome, and uh, I know it's my really small uh, you know, sample size of just people I've spoken to. So I get it. I mean, it's not like I've gone out there and done uh, research on thousands of parents and so forth. I'm just talking real life conversations with real life parents of kids with Down syndrome or parents who uh, have had kids born that uh, were identified in the womb as potentially having Down syndrome. And here are the two most common responses uh, that, that I've received. Okay. Number one, um, I've talked to parents who, uh, you know, they, they were determined, they love their baby no matter what. And so when they felt pressured to make an abortion, abortion decision based upon a potential Down syndrome diagnosis, it never was part of their thinking process in the first place. And then these are the parents who are just amazed and surprised when their baby's born and there is no Down syndrome. And in those cases, uh, what I've had expressed to me is just a, um, just wondering how many other parents make abortion decisions based upon the fear and lack of knowledge and intimidation in these situations uh, just because of a potential Down syndrome diagnosis um, you know, that they received, and then they find the baby has no Down syndrome whatsoever. Now, these parents still, uh, it didn't matter to them. But the only point that they were making is that they felt pressure, intimidated, but they were firm that they were not going to abort their son or their daughter. They're just wondering how many parents are making that decision because of that pressure and the diagnosis isn't even an accurate diagnosis. Now, the second most common response that I've received, in fact, this is probably, I hear this more than than the one I just described, are from parents who have babies born with Down syndrome who will just tell you that uh, they never in their life, imagine how much love they could have for a son or daughter with Down syndrome until this little one was born. And now they cannot imagine life without him or her. And uh, they are just so thrilled and see uh, every little blessing 
in having a son or daughter with Down syndrome that uh, they just always want to share that, always excited about that. Um, now, I'm not naive about this, and I've understood from also discussions with people in the Down syndrome community that um, there tends to be a raging debate, at least in some circles of the Down syndrome support community, over whether it is acceptable to abort a baby in the womb based on a Down syndrome diagnosis. And, you know, to this effect, it was several years ago now, but I remember um, at a public hearing, uh, hearing a father proclaim just this, uh, in a very beautiful way, how he loves his teenage son with Down syndrome, how he has changed his life, how he has enriched his life, how he's done all of these things. But then all of a sudden, uh, this guy just kind of pivots, uh, just like on a dime. I mean, he just kind of pivots and goes off on, um, you know, the uh, anybody who had said, say there shouldn't be a right to abort a baby um, because of Down syndrome. I mean, basically his point was um, any parent should have the right to decide whether to abort a baby for no other reason than Down syndrome, period. And he got really angry at anyone who would suggest otherwise. And, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, I just don't get it. I really don't. I'm not being uh, sarcastic or snarky about it at all. I'm just telling you, I don't get that reasoning. I mean, his description of his love for his son was absolutely beautiful. And I could see that he truly did love his teenage son with Down syndrome. Uh, but to think that uh, he then just kind of went on this political rant, and I, I can't put it any other way. It was kind of like a soapbox speech. And I don't know if that was just planted or if that's really sincere or, or what. I mean, uh, only he knows for sure where it was coming from. But uh, I just have to ask the question. I mean, is this the line? where uh, politics erases the heart. I mean, it's one of these things where your political views just override uh, everything else about respect and, and care and love. Uh, for kids with Down syndrome. I just don't get it. And I probably never will. I, I won't. I, I can tell you I'll never get it. I mean, um, it just it just amazed me. But I do understand that it, it is a raging debate within the Down syndrome community. And oftentimes when the A word comes up, uh, no one wants to talk about it because of the division um, that it's caused. So um, I'm just going to conclude this whole discussion uh, by saying this. The treatment of unborn kids in the womb is just heartbreaking. I mean, it should be heartbreaking. And it flies in the face of the greater respect that we're seeing across the board with persons who are already born with Down syndrome. And that's great. I mean, we're seeing this this, this greater respect in society, greater inclusion, uh, just greater understanding, greater acceptance, greater involvement. We're seeing this um, in so many different ways. Uh, and yet, we're seeing this uh, targeting of these kids in the womb at the very same time. It's kind of like society's wearing two different masks. And one of them is this mask that says, hey, we love people with Down syndrome. And the other ma mask says, hey, it's okay to target these kids before they're born and eliminate them. And those two are completely inconsistent. I'm even going to say this is bullying of the worst kind. It really is. It's bullying on defenseless kids who are being targeted for absolutely no other reason than the fact that they have Down syndrome. So my questions are, where's the respect? Where's the inclusion? Where's the understanding that by whatever standard you want to use, whatever standard I want to use, whatever standards we're going to lob out there, I don't care what they are, not a single one of us is perfect. And it just seems common sense to me that we should no more be able to take a human life in the womb because of Down syndrome than we should be able to take a life in the womb because the color of a baby's skin, the baby's gender, national origin, or any 
you fill in the blank, any potential disability. This is a brand new day. Let's all treat kids in the womb with Down syndrome as the masterpieces that they are. Hey, that's it for this episode of the Love Times 2 podcast. If you have questions or a comment, I'd love to hear from you. You can send it to podcast at lovetimes2.org. And never forget that when you change the culture, the politics will follow. This has been 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Join us in the journey at lovetimes2.org. That's love, the letter X, and the number 2, dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening.